Hello, my pleasure seekers, and welcome to today's episode, which I know you have all patiently been waiting for for a good few months. So I am absolutely honored to have the beautiful Jamie Elizabeth Thompson with me today, talking all about how to embody that beautiful feminine essence that I know many of you have been asking. So Jamie, thank you so much for joining me today, honey. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, so for anyone listening right now, who is Jamie Elizabeth Thompson? Hi, and thank you for having me on, Lucy. This is really a pleasure to be with you and to be with your audience. And I can feel the graciousness in your field and really what you have curated and created here, even stepping into it. So I just want to acknowledge that coming in. And um, for those of you who don't know me, I am the founder of Awakened Woman, which is an online curriculum and community for women who want to reconnect with their pleasure, their power, and their feminine potency, which is really that essence that you spoke to. And the, the three main aspects that I work with with people is relationship with self. So this is like your, your body, your sex, your desire, your pleasure. And in that really cultivating the pussy heart connection. And then secondly, becoming irresistible to the partner, the man, the woman that is the right match for you. And then thirdly, really inviting whoever your partner is, whether it's you've been together for 10 years or 10 days to really invite him into his king and ignite that erotic spark or reignite that erotic spark in your relationship. So really ultimately what I am about is the cultivation of feminine power and potency. And so for me, this is really distinct from masculine power. And I know for me growing up, I only knew what masculine power was. Like I, I, I grew up in a very traditional small town and in, in that place, it was like, uh, the, the, the mantra that I grew up with is work after play and the work is or, or play, play only comes after work and the work is never done. And oh, so it's just very much like a hustle and grind, like show up and, and, and masculine qualities were really what was celebrated. And so much of my journey has been around learning how to open and surrender and access the more alchemical, mystical, magical aspects of feminine potency. Mm. And this for me in my journey has really come through reconnecting with the power of my womb, of my sex, of my desire, of my pussy, because I was very disconnected from all of that growing up in a very religious, traditional kind of household. So a lot of people don't know that because they're like, wow, you're so sexually liberated. And I'm like, you have no idea <laughs> that I came from, like legitimately. And, uh, and so it's, that's really been a big part of my journey. And um, that let, you know, growing up in a more repressed and having kind of a distorted relationship with feminine sexuality led me into what I would call a pendulum swing over into becoming an exotic dancer and working in Las Vegas and really going through this phase of uh, sexual liberation 
but to discover that the way that I was holding my sexuality was actually not fulfilling for me. And to discover that there was actually, there was a power that I found, but it wasn't fully integrated with my heart and the tenderness and like the deepest yearn and call of my feminine heart. And so as that phase completed, I came back with this like feminine potency, this like power that I had landed in my body of like really deeply knowing uh, my worth, really deeply knowing my sensuality and my allure and my ability to um, attract and to really uh, seduce so that, that like seductive feminine power. And I then had some deep inner work to do to really reconnect that with a level of integrity that I wanted to live my life in. And that was when I discovered more sacred, sacred sexuality practices where I really discovered Tantra and, and started doing an inner excavation of finding the ways that I was um, using my sexuality as a way to have power instead of for the pure enjoyment of it. And then in that process is where I really began to discover feminine power because it's not from a place of manipulation or a place of trying to get something or force something or make something happen or get some kind of validation, but it's truly for the pleasure and the joy of opening mm -hmm. and surrendering to the universe and the goddess and God in my body through pleasure. And so that has really been my journey of discovering that like if, if our relationship with our heart, womb, pussy alignment, like if that holy trinity is, is out of alignment, then we won't really be able to access our full feminine power and potency in a sustainable way that is like really fulfilling for ourselves and for everyone else. And so ultimately I have found that all of the pleasure codes, all of the attract your man codes and all of the invite your man into his king really come from this place of inner alignment and self-sourcing in our own feminine potency and power. Wow. That's, thank you so much for sharing. There's so much there. I just want to like unpack and talk with you. So if we take a good few steps back, how did you actually go from being in a religious family in a small town to being an exotic dancer in a pendulum way in your words? Like that's extreme like you say you know that's a lot of bravery to take that one step to start off let alone everything else that you've just shared yeah you know I love this because uh for me it feels like there was no other option the the box in which I was raised inside of is exactly the correct constraints for my soul to realize the liberation that I came here to experience in myself and then hold for others. Like it was truly like a divine assignment to be born into the family 
that I was born into. And so there's always been a flame. There's always been a flame inside me. And I know that we all have this. And I believe that our souls choose our life and our family before we come in. And if we are these magical, mystical women, then there's always an initiation that we must go through in order to discover that. And so that bravery or that, that courage is for me really the first time that I surrendered and listened to my soul and, and, and ultimately where my soul was leading me. And so it was a, it was absolutely a trust fall. And I've always had a lot of energy in, in my system. Like it was like, I had a lot of energy and I was always rebelling. And I had a moment where I realized that that energy was either going to be channeled into destruction or creation. And, and if I stayed in a small town, it was like, so confined. I was just like getting in trouble. You know, it was, it was going to be channeled into just like wasting, spilling, Mm -hmm. leaking, like not truly um, knowing my power. And there was a part of me that knew that inside of sexuality is where I needed to go. Yeah. And, you know, I first had moved to California and I'd started studying personal development. Like I knew that I, you know, I started studying personal development when I was 19, I'm 36. You know, it's been a very long journey. I was always into transformation. I was like, cause I knew that where I grew up was not you know, inside of the good girl programming, inside of the religious obedience and compliance programming, I just knew that that was not going to work for me. Mm. And, and so I started studying alternative ways of living and being. And, and that was just, you know, I have a, I have a little bit of a mischievous rebel in me that that's just always there that just wanted to go all the way into um, the other side and see what it was like. And ultimately now I know I didn't know this then, but that was another aspect of the initiation Mm -hmm. to really learn to harness this energy and, and allow it to really serve and circulate and be open and flowing in my system as my radiance and my offering to um, to others. And, you know, and there's, there was a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of cleanup work. There was a lot of alchemy that I got to do coming out of that. Right. It was like a step in the process. And then when you've experienced both ends of a pendulum, then there's this mm-hmm. real wisdom that comes through finding the center. Mm-hmm. And, and that was a, a really profound journey of just studying, you know, depth psychology and neuroscience and Mm -hmm. sacred sexuality and mystery school, feminine arts. I mean, I was in a lot of different training to really excavate this. And I, and then ultimately I was like, oh my God, of course, this is supposed, supposed (laughs) to be what I am in life. Like I've literally been trained uh, to be this. And so I'm really grateful for all of it. And um, it has been quite a unique journey to arrive in this place. And you've just said it with regards to your journey, like where 
did you feel at the point that you would come home as it were because you mentioned you've gone through a few initiations I know we all say home is where you know in the body and in yourself but I love that you've got the rebel in you I see a lot of that in myself as well um I'm a Scorpio so I can kind of relate to a lot of this like rebellious kind of sexual kind of desires as well um but for me I I've always found like it's still always looking for the next thing and being content within myself while also being aware that there are more initiations to come. So do you feel like now you've kind of gone through that part of your journey or yeah, do you think there's something else that you kind of want to explore? I'm going down a tangent here, but my question for you is, (laughs) do you feel now fully like in yourself and confident with yourself or do you feel there are other areas that you still want to explore? or that you feel maybe initiated in? Hmm. Well, <laughs> I'm never going to stop exploring and yeah. being initiated. I, I, I know that I'm, I'm absolutely here for whatever initiations life has in store. And one experience of coming home, the experience of coming home for me always follows some kind of an initiation. And there have been a couple big ones in my life. One I now refer to as my heartbreak initiation. Mm-hmm. And, and that was actually the moment that through my heartbreak initiation is when I discovered the connection with my cervix. That was really a deep homecoming mm-hmm. into the, the, the home of my body. I mean, literally like we pass through the cervix to come into this life. And so for me, reconnecting with that portal was a huge part of my opening. And, you know, I always say of all the teachers I've had, uh, my, my pussy is my guru. Like she has been the teacher for me ultimately of really knowing what is true. And so in, in this, you know, I had, I had experienced a deep kind of death rebirth awakening kind of experience through this heartbreak initiation, like seven years ago. Mm. And it I, I remember I had this moment where I, it was funny because I, you know, I was like shattered. Like I was, okay, just to, just to paint the picture. Okay. Cause everybody always thinks awakenings are like, ah, I'm just like, you know, singing with my crystal bowls on the beach. And I'm like, I'm like this in a meditation position. It's like, no, oh, 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 like awakening death rebirth is like hands and knees on the ground, like dry <laughs> heaving, like snot coming out, you know, like eyes water, you know, just like tears and just like, oh my God, am I dying? Like, is this ecstasy? I'm shaking. Like, you know, everything, like, I don't know what reality is anymore. And it's, it's really a deep opening. Okay. So this is something that is um, often very demonized or feared in our culture. And that's ultimately the fear of the feminine. Because the feminine is this surrendered, splayed open, like really being in the truth of the moment. And the truth of the moment in that moment for me was hands and knees on the floor, you know, 
tears falling out of my face and cry, you know, just the whole like, uh, kind of place for a couple months. Okay. So I was like really committed to moving all the way through, not only this heartbreak, but every heartbreak that I'd ever had all the way back to that moment when I was 17, right. You know, where, where he, you know, he, he cheated on me and I found out and everybody knew, you, you know, that, that whole thing, like we all have the original, <clears throat> excuse me, the original moment where we closed, mm-hmm. you know, like what is that original moment where you decided that you weren't going to keep your heart open, but that it was going to close. And so this initiation was about reopening my heart again and allowing all of the power that I had cultivated in my lower energy centers, which is a place where almost every person needs to revisit, but to allow that to really come up and be purified in my heart and really reconnect these, um, these places. And, and this was a deep coming home. I mean, I let go of everything during this time. Fortunately, I had the ability to hold myself through this process and basically cancel everything in my life for two months. And I stayed home and I was in practice and I was like meeting all of the deep shadows, meeting all of the places of protection and armor and just letting myself shed, letting myself unfurl, letting myself open. And um, in that process, after about two months, there was one day where I heard my roommate having sex. And I was like, I am ready to connect with all of these places that I know I need to connect with that I've been in process with, but through a different channel. It's, it, it's, it's time to really, the alchemy that I'd been doing was, was, was ready to open into greater pleasure. And I, it was like one of those moments where I just, I just heard this and I heard the message. And the next day I had an invite to go to a game night. Mind you, I haven't like barely left my house in two months. Cause I have been like going through this incredibly vulnerable experience. And when I went in public, I felt like an exposed nerve. And like, I was far too sensitive to actually be anywhere, which is funny because I was so armored previously that I could walk around in a strip club, like some bad bitch that had no, no sensitivity. Right. So this was really the opening of my sensitivity. And I went to this game night and, and, and it was, it was all, these were all the messages, you know, it's like when you're really tuned in and open, it's like when we're receiving those messages and and it was like go to this game night and at this game night I saw this man and I was like oh he's he's going to be my lover like there's there's some kind of code exchange that's going to happen between us and I was I wasn't attracted to him like I wasn't it wasn't like a a usual thing it was just something that I knew and through you know a few times of connecting and having this conversation I really just brought this to him and we, um, we began opening a, a lovership 
And, and I was like, here's the deal. I am, I've just gone through this massive healing process and I am super tender and open and vulnerable. And for some reason, I trust you. And I just feel like we can be in this, in this space together, you know, and this was after, you know, just a couple of weeks of hanging out and, mm-hmm. um, and he was like, yeah, I can absolutely meet you there. And he's like, it's so funny because I had this astrologer. He's like, I never do that kind of shit, but I had this astrologer tell me that I was going to meet a priestess and that she was going to, you know, help me open into something that I didn't know yet. And then he's like, are you a priestess? (laughs) (laughs) So it was just this really divine, you know, bringing together. And we really did hold each other through some beautiful openings. And one of them is, this is my long kind of story to arrive to answer your question of coming home. Mm -hmm. And, and so one of the moments that I felt after this like chaos of being in this very expanded, but ungrounded place, Mm -hmm. I felt like I came back home through the, the very tender, vulnerable, open erotic connection with this man. And through our lovemaking, I had my first cervical orgasm and this was the coming home of this experience. It was like, it was like the reality, the veil, the illusion of reality tore open. Like it just tore open, like as if it was a film set, like in the Truman show, when he runs into the clouds, if you've all seen that movie, it's incredible. And he literally, it's like, he thinks this world is reality. And then he's on a boat out in the ocean, sailing to the edge of this reality. And he finds the edge. He runs into a film set of clouds, bumps into it. And he's like, right. And it's like that kind of a moment where it ripped, like reality ripped open. And I saw the matrix, the, 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 like, the essence of life, like the, the oneness that I had a sense of in my body, but never really knew. And it was like, and, you know, later through a, a very obsessive study of cervical orgasm, I discovered that in that, in that experience that your, your pineal gland actually opens and there's a DMT like experience that, that happens and we have an there's a it's a transcended state like a, a an embodied transcended place of consciousness with no use of psychedelics needed and in this moment it was like i felt him you know i felt him inside me and i felt this place it you know right at the top every every woman knows it it's the place right at the top of your vaginal canal where sometimes it hurts you know, where it's like, if it's, if it's too hard or too fast, or you're not open or you're clenching, it will hurt. But if you actually open into it and there's consciousness and love present from your partner or a wand, it, there's, there's this opening like experience. And, and it was like, I mean, just my whole body was vibrating with this energy, with this, with this, like, like, it was like, I just plugged into 
the universal light socket. And I was now being charged by, uh, by this incredible frequency. And I, you know, my vision shifted and I was like, whoa, okay, stay right there. And I had him like, just hold himself, like ultimately hold his cock right at the base of my cervix. And in that, I was just like, and it was like, you know, I mean, it's one of those moments where you, where you see, you know, where you see God Mm -hmm. and I just sobbed, like just broke open in tears, but it was like tears of joy. I was like, oh my God, like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm here. And it, you know, it took 15 minutes to come back. It stayed, the energy stayed present, like a little micro dose of that energy stayed present for like 24 hours afterwards. I was like in a journey and this led me to, um, first of all, thank him for being such an incredible space and, and, you know, masculine counterpart. And in my fascination with sexuality and sexual arts, I started searching and just studying and then was like, okay, what is this? And that was where I found cervical dearmoring and began working with a teacher and, and working with a wand as a means to like really open this cervical portal and gateway. And that was ultimately where coming back from that is where I was like, oh, this is going to be the next iteration of my work and offering is, is like, cause I found that out that the cervix is also the um, connection point to the heart. So in Taoist reflexology, the, the, you know, the vagina has different sections that correspond with um, different uh, organs in the body, much like foot reflexology, you know, there's the kidneys and the liver. And then at the very top is the heart. And I was like, of course, I couldn't experience cervical orgasm until I opened my heart. That was the key. So anyway, that, that was a, that was a big coming home moment for me and where I became like fascinated by this. And then through my own practice and, and continuing the practice of de-armoring physically, while also energetically just tuning into this like deepest part of my body, I, I started to just feel myself and my rightness again. And like, I was like really here and like had rebirthed myself through this practice. And so that has been a huge homecoming and, and just area of um, passion. Like, I just want all women to know the power that lives inside of their pussy. Like their pussy is the Oracle mm-hmm. and our, our cervix is the channel through which she speaks. When we can really come back and tune in with that, we really know our essence, like the essence of woman, the essence of feminine, uh, both connected in that place. And she always knows the way. It's so, so fascinating. Like I often ask my pussy like questions about things. And sometimes I'm like, really? Because it just goes to show the disconnect sometimes I find between, like you said, head and the heart, head and the cervix, head and the pussy. Like it's so ingrained, I think as women, potentially I never want to stereotype everyone but from people I've spoken to before where 
that down there we don't talk about what goes on down there it's like forbidden no way like you know and even like having this conversation with you it's so liberating to be with like mind and women where i just wish every woman could talk like this you know how beautiful would that be if we were in a cafe and you just overheard like two women sharing their stories around how you manage to awaken your cervix like how amazing so i just want to honor you for sharing that with me thank you um and as you always know like what's in was always reflected outwards so how did you find your outer world changed once you went through that initiation that homecoming mm, yes i love i love that question mm. you know it, it's it's such a funny it's such a funny thing because it, it you know it took a while to reintegrate fully in into the world um and i what I want to also share about this is like, I feel like I, I didn't know we were going to go here, but I feel like part of what this episode is about is like really shedding light on the reality of an awakening, you know, and, 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 and so initially I felt very awkward in life, you know, like I, I just was like, wow, I am like not the same person as I was before. And I almost don't know how to be so there were ways that I I got to rediscover who I was now and um and that was that was really fun and interesting and and through this relationship with this with this lover I had rebuilt uh my connection to sexuality like it, it it's like I had found a new template and I was always clear with him from the beginning that I didn't feel that this was a, a life partnership, but that we were practice partners. And ultimately, when that came to a close, uh, I was like, okay, this will be really fascinating to see how I am with men now, like how I am after, you know, after having this more awakened, heart opened, uh, connected place. And it was incredible. It, it, it felt like I, you know, there's this, there's this teaching of my work that I, I call becoming the invitation. And it's ultimately about being the feminine, the, how the feminine sets the tone. Mm -hmm. And then the masculine builds a frame around that tone. And so this is where we really get to own our power and how powerful we actually are in the frequency that we are emitting in life in like being responsible for what we are radiating outward mm -hmm. because men are quite literally receiving that frequency mm -hmm. and acting accordingly in in relationship with that and so i through this process became the gardener of my own garden Love you know that. my body was a feminine garden I became the gardener and was it's like really treated myself in a very different way and with a great deal of care and reverence for the power that I now knew mm. and so the way that I interacted with with people was was very different and and one frame that I hold and that I will offer is 
is this man also a gardener? Like, is he wanting to invest in my garden or is he a consumer? Does he just want to come and eat and eat and eat and leave? Or does he ultimately want to invest in gardening, which is, which is a great investment because when you invest in a garden, it produces beautiful flowers, luscious peaches, ripe tomatoes. And, and so it, it's a delicious investment. And not all men are at the place in their journey where they are really ready to be a gardener. And I believe that is truly a man who is in his king, is he understands the reality of, of investment and he understands and knows the way that he's nourished by Shakti when he takes care of a woman. And so that became one of the one of the frames that, that I held. And I noticed that in that, a very different man was attracted to me into my field. Several amazing men after this were just like really holding the frequency of care and devotion and choosing and claiming and, and these, you know, all of these things that I had always wanted, but were always a little bit elusive in my in my experience before, because I was giving them to myself. You know, I was a gardener of my own garden and, and they um, were ultimately reading that in, in my frequency and then reflecting that. And another thing I, I noticed that was different in my life is I used to try to make myself really palatable. Like um, this is, uh, you know, I think as women, we learn that we should be like a painkiller for a man. Like they're in pain, they need something, we should be whatever it is that's going to like make them feel better. And I know this is, you know, a very direct way of speaking to that. And that's the cultural programming. And so we make ourselves more palatable so that we can ease their pain. And so that was something that I noticed. And I started just coming right out the gate with all of the things that were quirky and too much and ultimately very true about mm -hmm. me. And, you know, it was, it was so, it was so funny because I, you know, I'm the person that talks about the cervix at like a dinner, a dinner party, you know, <laughs> I'm the person that uh, talks about um, energetic attunement and, and orgasm and like, you know, how to, you know, access transcended states in lovemaking. Like I talk about that on a first date. Yeah. Because it's such a part of me that I'm screening for that. And so that's a big part of my work with women is, is to be really clear about what is important to you and to um, embody it so unapologetically that a man who's not in alignment with that will just turn around and go the other way. Yeah. Or he won't even make it into your field mm -hmm. because your field is so clearly coded with who you are and your values that he just, um, he's either like, yep, she's the one, or he's like, not for me. Yeah. And it's just really clear. And then you get to choose, you know, it's like the ones who are here for what you are, are like lining up. And then ultimately the feminine has the choice. Yeah. Just like when, you know, you're you, in pregnancy, the sperm, there's yeah. a bunch of sperm and the egg chooses. 
right? So it's like, this is actually the way that it works. And it's been, there's an inversion in our culture of, of, of that, but ultimately the feminine has the choice when we can really embody in this way. Yeah. And when you mentioned, oh, I just love this. When you mentioned around like the attraction or the, the awakening, sorry, my dog is just barking. The awakening, um, the reawakening. I cannot begin to tell you how much I relate to this right now because I feel like I'm in the thick of it, which is why we wanted to do that shake at the beginning. So I'm almost like got chills when you said that um, because where I'm at at the moment is everything's gone quiet. Like you name it everything and you know you said you destruct you uh, not destroyed you like you know removed or realigned things you name it everything has fallen through so it's really like fascinating to hear someone that because i'm re-nourishing the garden i would say in your words like i feel like but what i've noticed with men is that they've all gone like this you know the analogy of like in your in the desert and there's that tumbleweed past like there's the odd one creeping past and I'm like fully showing up as myself now and they don't know what to do they're like oh and then it's disappearing and I'm going to a wedding tomorrow and the only reason why I share this because I know people will relate to this too is that I'm like the only single one 32 going to this wedding really excited but I'm going to be similar to you talking about cervical orgasms talking about like pleasure tantra and almost in a way, and I don't know if you feel like this, it lights me up that I feel confident to talk about it. And this is what the show is all about, encouraging women to show up and speak about what they want. And Sid, have you found that your friendships have changed as well now that you've ventured into this whole new garden? I can't wait to call it garden. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I have. I um, There's a great deal of shedding you know, and, and what I want to say is I didn't meet my current partner mm. who we, we live together. We're, we're on the path of, you know, marriage and children. And we're, it's, it's incredible. Um, we've been together for two years, but I didn't meet him until I was 34, mm. you know, and, and I, I'd been on this journey for such a long time and there were as I became more clear, like as my frequency became purified and clarified, I found that I didn't attract as great of a quantity of men as I did when I was trying to just make myself a palatable painkiller. Yeah. Which is a really good thing. It's a really good thing to not attract consumers. And so in the, you know, there, there are, it's like, there are some men who are in consumer consciousness and there are some men who are in investor consciousness. And, and so you're, you're not, you know, you're not looking for um, a whole bunch of them, right? You're, you're, you're actually looking for one uh, or whatever you're, I mean, maybe you, you are looking for a whole bunch of them in that case. Well, I'm just going to go on. <laughs> But it, you know, in, in my work, I work with women who really generally want a, a monogamous or monogamish kind of relationship mm -hmm. with, um, you know, with, with, with a life partner. Mm -hmm. And, and so that kind of a journey is, I mean, 
it, it's like, I love that you're going out and you're being, you're, you're going to a wedding. And I, I call it kind of just like dangling yourself before the gods. Like, it's like, it's like just making yourself available, you know, just like being in the vulnerable, tender openness, talking about all that you talk about, like you are being the invitation and and, and ultimately, as you continue to refine that frequency, the right one will come in when you're really ready to receive him. And that was the other piece that I got to be really honest with myself about is the awareness of any patterns around relationship that might come up. Like one for me was fantasy. You know, I, I, I had this idealized fantasy of what a man that the, the right man would be, you know, the knight in shining armor, the, the Disney fairy tale, you know, and, and it's like, I had this idea that actually kept me unavailable because a fantasy living in the feminine field sets the tone, it creates the emanation, sends the frequency of unavailability because we are in relationship with a fantasy we aren't actually available and so in that I realized there was some unraveling to do with my relationship to what I wanted and and actually being open to receiving the man that was right in front of me and the deeper cut of that was the discovery that it's not vulnerable to be in relationship with a fantasy it's incredibly vulnerable to keep my front central channel open and available when I'm in front of a very real man who is like the visceral, tactile, mortal man that is not this divine masculine idea. Women just go really bonkers around the divine masculine and get into this idea of like this man. And then they can't see who's in front of them mm -hmm. and aren't actually available, like in my body for real intimate, raw, tender love and connection. And so as I became available for that, that was right when he came into the field, like it was really clear that I opened to actually letting myself have it. Having is very different than wanting. You know, the desiring frequency is powerful and the having frequency of like actually allowing yourself to receive it is, is a whole different, I mean, that we deal with self-worth, we deal with being protected and armored, we deal with uh, our own self-criticism or criticism of men we deal with so many things between that like it's like the millimeter between wanting and then receiving and then having is like miles in the feminine field you know like it's it's a huge inner journey to make that shift to actually being available to receive and then at what point did you realize that your man was that person for you Yeah, this is a fun question because <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't right away. Mm -hmm. We didn't 
have this fireworks show of love at first sight. It was a slow burn. And how I knew was we didn't, I didn't have my addictive trauma bonding kind of fireworks show that I become familiar with. We all have to find what it is in us that is the pattern that creates the pattern history of relationships that we have that we no longer want. Mm -hmm. Like that must be identified. And I'm I'm doing this with women in in a, a like an upcoming mini course because it's so important. I see so so many women doing the same thing over and over again. They're in their same pattern and they're bringing in, they're attracting another man and they're like, this one's different. And I'm like, but you're not different. Mm -hmm. So your pattern is still engaged. And so the, the slow burn for many women is helpful. Because you then you can really separate if it is your patterns and your trauma that's bonding with this man, your attachment or you know one of one of these kind of um, aspects of patterning that it could be, or if this is a truly divinely ordained connection of two people that are ultimately, really compatible. And so I, I waited, you know, we, we took time. It was a slow introduction. We were, we were friends for six months before he was, he was seeing someone else during that time. I became, I, I was in my, you know, my feminine, vulnerable, heart like I, you know I asked him for support with a few things I mean there was just there there was there was this like friendly connection that was emerging but that was already you know, he was in his masculine I was in my feminine you know I wasn't chasing but I was opening and and becoming available and and he um you know ultimately when when they parted ways and it was clear that they weren't going to be a, a life partnership like I knew that and he knew that and we discussed that and, and when they had completed uh we we start you know we we started hanging out and 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 entered a lovership and it was like and I was just open I was like I was just like I am open to this man being the man and I'm I'm available to know that in my body and I don't know that yet so I'm just going to stay because he could be and oops. And then, and, and he ultimately was the one who knew first. And I find this happens a lot in the right dynamic of relationship because I, you know, I was open and available and I was like, yeah, he could be a potential, but he was the one who knew. And and in his choosing, he then created the environment where I felt safe to surrender into his choosing, which is very different than the old like push pull, 
you know, I, I'm chasing him or he's chasing me and I'm not that interested. Like it was, it was like all of my old patterns, this was very different. And, and, and when, you know, when he hit that place, then I was able to really open and land in the clarity that like, oh, this is, this is, this is the one, this is the one. And so it was a very slow, gentle, um, flame that, that, that burned. It was like the spark and, and, and our, our intimacy and our connection just keeps growing. Like it's, it didn't start off really fireworks and climactic and then like dissipate. It's like, just, it's like a bonfire that's like just slowly growing. And, and I feel like the, you know, the, that was the kind of slowness that I really needed to, and that we both needed to really settle into this. And I see other people, you know, as you get older, it's like, they know right away and it's like a very quick and they both choose and go in very quickly. And, and it's also a slow burn, but it's just a, the fire starts fast. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so I think that the, the key is, is really distinguishing what is your patterning that creates that kind of, you know, super eruptive fireworks show inside that actually is not the thing and then how to listen for your values and am I really being cherished you know is he is he really showing up for me the way that I desire you know like am I am I hiding things in order to um in order to please him or am I truly exposing and allowing him to see all that I am so that, which is ultimately me choosing myself, mm -hmm. right? And then in that, he can see and choose. And then, and then ultimately like screening him for the things that are really important to, to me. And so there, there's kind of a, there's a process of, um, of all of those things. And, you know, and then, and then it was like, I knew after about a month after he, really went all in was when I knew and I was like okay I'm I'm all in and and that was you know it was just it was just a clarity in in my body and and in my system yeah, I love that thank you so much for sharing oh I wish I could talk to you all day so oh if anyone wants to work with you I think a lot of women may listen to this and think even just how you held yourself during like that two month initiation and the de-armoring and all the kind of beautiful cervix, ma cervix magic that you're teaching where can they find you and how can they reach out to you yes absolutely um so the best thing to do first and foremost is, is follow me on social media i mean that's the the easiest most obvious and um i'll give you all the links and show notes and everything but i'm i'm at holistic sex coach on instagram and Jamie Elizabeth Thompson on Facebook. And I love hearing, you know, I, it's, I love doing podcasts and, and, and then just hearing like something that struck you if, if you want to reach out or something that you heard that you're feeling is alive or anything that you want to share. I am really happy to receive any direct messages from, from someone who, who heard me here. So please reach out and, and send me a message and let me know what you're curious about, what you want to learn more about, what you received. And then particularly for the rest of the, this year of um, 2023, I have three offerings coming up. 
And one is a very accessible offering for women already in long-term relationship who want to reignite the erotic spark or really invite their man into his king and, and his masculine potency. And this is really the practice of becoming the invitation, which I, I shared a little bit about. We didn't go into that too much. And then, and then the second very accessible offering is, um, it's called She's the One. And this is uh, about becoming the irresistible, becoming irresistible to the man who is right for you. And this is how to really magnetize the right man so that you are ultimately doing the choosing. And this is for women who are seeking long-term relationship. Again, this is going to be a very accessible offering. Uh, and these are two new ones that I'm just inspired to really start diving into the relational field more with women. And then my one of my signature uh, courses, I'm super, super excited um, to, to hold again this year, I hold once a year, is Sex Magic Cervix. And this is a six-week online live container that will be starting in September, October. And this is all of the cervical dearmoring practices that I learned in my moment of death, rebirth, awakening that you can bring if you are in the middle of an awakening or you are just wanting to open and unlock the full potential of your orgasm, you could be anywhere on the spectrum. And this course is really about learning how to access the full potential of your orgasm and what's available in cervical orgasm specifically. Um, and so I'm really excited to, to offer that. And so, and then most importantly, to really be able to stay uh, connected to these things as they come out, I would recommend uh, joining my email list because um, I always offer everything before on email list. And, and, um, and if you join my email list, I also offer a free uh, training on feminine allure and and becoming and really activating your organic feminine attractor field. So that's awakenedwoman.life slash sign up. And so I'll give that to, to you for the show notes also. But yeah, if you want to just like the community incentives and really have access to all of my stuff before I share it on social media. And honestly, there is some stuff that I don't even share on social media that is that, that you will receive if you're, if you're on the email list. So I really recommend um, signing up for that. And then if you want to just like, you know, dip a toe, go a little deeper into some of the transmissions on, I have a telegram offer that is super affordable, $9 a month. And that's just like going deeper on my content. So it's like just a way to kind of like come be in the field and receive the early, the early enrollment incentives and, and, and other gifts and things in the field. Oh, you have so much to offer us. Thank you so much for sharing. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, well, thank you, my love, so much for joining today. Um, yes, and for anyone listening, I'll include all those beautiful pieces from Jamie in the show notes. And for now, thank you for listening, and I will catch up with you all next week. Sending you so much love. And Jamie, thank you so much for joining today. It's been an absolute honor to hear your story and for you to be so vulnerable and yet so determined to to teach other people in the world how to tap into their heart and their pleasure so thank you so much for the work that you do <laughs>
Thank you, Lucy. Thank you so much for having me on. It was a pleasure to be with you. Oh, you're welcome, honey. Thank you.